Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge On Air podcast. This week, we're launching a four-part series about why teachers teach, called Teachable Moments. I'm Sydney Johnson, an assistant editor at Ed Surge. And I'm Monica Brady-Meyerov, a public radio reporter and the founder of ListenWise, a listening skills building company that brings great storytelling to the classroom for free. In this series, we'll hear directly from educators who attended the EdSurge Fusion Conference last fall. They share important and sometimes challenging moments in their careers, but ultimately, what brings them joy in teaching. These are first-person stories from educators who remember a time when they faced difficulty with an issue or a student, but overcame that struggle to find a positive outcome. These are deeply personal stories that we hope will inspire you. Today, we hear from four teachers, all challenged by struggling students. We're calling this episode Seeing Students Differently, because in each case, teachers were surprised by an unexpected result. We start with Ellen Dorr, Chief Technology Officer at Renton School District in Washington. Ellen previously taught 8th grade English language arts at Cascade Middle School for 11 years. And during that time, she learned something new about a student after assigning a personal narrative. What the student wrote taught her how important it is to understand students not simply in terms of their grades. Here's her story. A great joy and struggle I've experienced in my work is in teaching eighth graders to read and write and to love it. Um, I think that is a big part of my job. Um, And that is where I found a lot of connection with students. Um, We would connect over stories and the strength we found in stories, in learning other stories, and in really knowing our own stories. Um, My biggest joys really came from when I taught them writing personal narrative in particular. So in personal narrative, we would kind of look back on our lives and examine the things that had shaped us. And um, we found ways to find real strength in the experiences that we had had. So one story that stands out for me in particular is what a student I'll call Cece wrote about in her personal narrative. She reflected on um, a time when she was eight years old and there was a conflict in her home between adults And rather than being uh, removed from this conflict, she was kind of scooped up and placed in the middle of the conflict. So she found herself between two warring adults. Uh, And at 13, she looked back on that and made some decisions around who she wanted to be, what she wanted to allow into her life, and how she would conduct herself. So even though it had been a, a negative experience, she took something really positive and powerful from it. Uh, And I shared this story with another teacher, a science teacher, who I I told her, here, just read this. And uh, she did and started to cry. Uh, I think she hadn't realized the complexity of, of the little human in her care. And that helped her see her in a different way and know something else about her that gave her a different perspective on that student. And I really think that shaped their relationship going forward. The word or phrase that really sums up that experience for me is that we have to know our students to really teach them. We have to really know who they are, what motivates them, their histories, their families, what they bring to us, all of those strengths and experiences if we're really able to educate them. What I take away is that we need to put practices into place where we are all learning our students and knowing our students. So because I taught language arts, I had huge opportunity to do that. So if you're a science or math teacher, maybe it's an interest survey at the start of the year. So asking your students questions about 
what motivates them, what, what you should know about their family, what you should know about their culture, what they're proud of, what they struggle with. Um, and if we make those part of our practices, then we are always developing those relationships with our students and really knowing them. That was Ellen Dorr, who shares a story from when she was an eighth grade English teacher. Next up, we'll hear from Susan Secchi, a third grade teacher at Lincoln Elementary in Burlingame School District in California. She describes one student in particular who would get really frustrated and stressed in some classroom situations. How one interaction helped her see the student's perspective a little differently and why that's important. I had a student, he came in the beginning of the year, he was actually a couple of weeks late coming in to our classroom. He came from a very challenging family life, pretty much his whole life. Um, so that I knew about him, and I also knew that he is on the spectrum. And beyond that, I met him the first day he came in, and he seemed very sweet, but I did see situations in the classroom when he got stressed out. He had a difficult time dealing with those situations. And then one day, a couple weeks into the school year, I was able to connect with him in a different level. And that was kind of a defining moment in our, I guess, teacher-student relationship. So I was out on yard duty one recess, and I was just talking to a fellow teacher who was also on yard duty, and I noticed kind of behind me was this one particular student just all by himself. But he didn't seem upset. He seemed just was, you know, walking around, and so I caught his attention, and I just said hi to him, and he came up to me, and he said, I'm a character in a game. I said, what do you mean you're a character in a game? And what he ended up explaining to me, I kind of deduced from his explanation that he was being like a Pac-Man character in a game and he was very happily just kind of walking around and gobbling up whatever characters he was trying to get and it just really touched my heart that he was so creative he was perfectly content playing alone I had seen him play with a friend before so um I was a bit concerned, well, is he okay by himself? But he explained it to me with a big smile on his face, and then he walked away and continued playing. And it just really filled my heart that here's this innocent child finding a creative way to be happy. The most unexpected part of that Um, just minute of recess was when I realized I connected with him as a human being to a human being as opposed to a teacher and a student Mm -hmm. and the heart that was there and I was very honored and touched that he shared that with me he was comfortable enough and he felt safe enough to just share and be happy and be a kid I would like to think that teachers can connect with their students as people ultimately I know it's hard beginning of the school year and you're getting to know the students but my goal has been since to just connect with each student throughout the year as a person and then the 
teacher and student role, I think, becomes easier because there's that connection already as people. That was Susan Secchi, a third-grade teacher in Burlingame, California. Next, we speak with Heather Stinnett, lead advisor and teacher at the Khan Lab School, an independent school in Mountain View, California. She remembers one student who was struggling with math for an unexpected reason. So as a teacher, of course, we build a lot of experience in kind of identifying areas of student need, especially in academics. So once I was teaching a student, and at my school we actually loop with the kids. We get to spend a few years with each of them, which is very exciting uh, because you get to know them really well. And I had a student who, you know, kind of was middle of the road. She kind of skated by in her academics, was doing okay, um, not lagging behind and not especially advanced either. And at a certain point, she began to really struggle with math. Like she just wasn't getting her work done. And knowing the math curriculum so well, I kind of assumed that that was because the concepts were becoming a little more abstract. Uh, She was, you know, working through the fourth grade material at the time. And so I thought, okay, this is getting a little more advanced. And I think she might need some tutoring. And she knew that she was kind of falling behind on pace, you know, for what she wanted to accomplish and for what we wanted for her too. So her parents and I would meet and talk about what's going on with math. How can we get her to understand this math? And one day I just sat down with her and I said, why don't you do your math, uh, do some practice on the online tool and I'll watch what you're doing and see kind of where, where the concepts are breaking down for you and how I can help. And I noticed that while she was sitting there working through her math work, She kept looking at the clock. She kept looking at me. She was really worried about, am I going to be able to finish this in the time that we have? And I kind of told her, well, I'm not really worried about the time. I can see that you're pretty worried about the time. And every so often, she would finally look at the screen, answer the question immediately, just really fast, didn't even need any help with the math. And then she would look back at the clock and look back at me and say, okay, there's another question now. I don't know if I'm going to finish. And so this went on for a little while, and I started to notice she could answer the questions no problem. And I uncovered that the issue with the student was not that she didn't understand the math. It was that she was having such anxiety about being even a little bit behind that then it became just an avalanche for her of anxiety of being behind, which led her to be further and further and further behind. And then it made any time we talked about math or tried to do math a total panic moment for her. I guess what surprised me about that was that I had assumed that the problem was academic, uh, especially since she hadn't had the same issue with math before. Because as I said, she kind of was going through at, you know, a reasonable pace before this moment. And what I learned, you know, what was really surprising to me is that I could easily think I knew what the problem was and that her parents could too. And that in spite of you know, our best intentions, we made this assumption, which made it even harder for her. Because then we approach those conversations with, we know that you need help. We know that you're behind. Let's get you up to speed. But saying those words made it so much worse for her. You know, that exacerbated the problem. So what I learned was we needed to change the way we were talking to her about this problem, about her being behind, Um, and teach her some strategies to manage her anxiety rather than 
you know, we were focusing on the wrong thing. I would tell others that when a student is going through a problem, it can be really easy to say, well, I've got all this experience, I've got all this expertise that kind of leads me to know automatically what the problems are. But it's really important to keep your eyes open and look at the whole child and look at the whole situation and just let, you know, just observe and let them kind of show you the way. Sometimes they don't have the tools or the awareness to understand even what they're going through. So it's up to us to really step back in those moments instead of try to attack the problem with, um, you know, the strategies that we might typically rely on. So it's just really important to keep the whole picture in mind. And, you know, a problem you think is academic could be social emotional. It could be anything. So it's just important to step back. That was Heather Stennett of the Khan Lab School. We end with Ling Lam, an educational technology specialist at Monticello Academy in Santa Clara, California. She decided to become a teacher after working for a nonprofit that helps grieving youth. The teens there told her that she listens well, and that's what they want from their teacher. So Lam took the compassion she learned as a grief counselor into the classroom as a teacher. Besides teaching computer science, all the teacher in the school also has to be an advisor for the student, for like the home remote advisor, whichever you know people prefer to call it. So one of the students came and talked to me after school. He mainly just wanted to talk about his grade because he was dropping his grade and he's the only child in at home. So parents is always on them about grade. They're just looking at the letter, you know, so, oh, it's, it's not an A, this is not a B, like what's going on? Mm-hmm. So he had come and asked me, and oh, what can I do with my grade? And I noticed, you know, he used to be an A student and then doing like homeroom, like he like just not making up his work he didn't ask me questions anymore so I set him down I asked him I said how are you and he put his head down and said good and I was like um are you happy like what's going on and then he just burst in tears um right in front of me crying for like a moment and I was just like is everything okay so we just talked um so he just started um, even talking and saying, oh, like there's a lot like, going on at home. Like there's a lot of pressure. I'm the only child. So he said, but like no one ever like asked me if I'm happy. Like you're the first one. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I swear I was stronger than I did. I wasn't crying. But that was something that was very memorable and similar with like some of the parents that um, I built relationship with. There was a another student that were adopted by their grandparents the moment i was like well what can we do to support your granddaughter you know same thing he's like when we come to this kind of parent teacher conference like um teachers just usually ask um tell us oh where their grade is like what did they have to do for their um child oh your kids need to work harder no one ever like asked us about like what's going at home is there like other factor that you know affect you know a student so like there was a lot of tear but at the same time a lot of like joys were bittersweet because they know that someone in the school community cares about them um but at the same time i just hear like a lot of sad stories over time but i mean at the end of the day that's how i feel i was at the right place because that's how why i started teaching Even though sometimes we know the student's background, 
we don't want to just say in the front that oh I know you're being adopted like that kind of thing but I would be very observant and like making observation I noticed that you're really into doing this or I noticed that you don't really like to talk much I noticed that you're different compared to your peers like you know and sometimes I like just going back I, I being vulnerable and share with them I was like you know what I never thought that I would become a teacher you know it was kids that I was working with said that I should become a teacher and I was like hey you know what I'm pretty good at this and then I started doing that and tell them how I found in love like doing STEM um that I you know making that change so yeah over time and when they come talk to me I really spend their time and like stop everything I do and talk with them so I think my way of doing it is being observant and really listen and try to make connection with the student. That was Ling Lam, an educational technology specialist at Monticello Academy in Santa Clara, California. In this episode of Teachable Moments, we heard about seeing students differently. These teachers' stories are different, but we hope you take away ideas for when you hit your next roadblock with a struggling student. This series was made possible thanks to a partnership with ListenWise, an award-winning listening program that brings the most compelling podcasts and NPR stories to middle and high school classrooms. I'm Monica Brady-Meyerov, the founder of ListenWise. Start listening with your students for free. And I'm Sydney Johnson, an assistant editor at EdSurge. Thanks for listening to these teacher stories on Teachable Teachable Moments. Moments.